0: Pentecost Sunday has significance in the life, not only of the Christian church, also of the Jewish nation, Israel, celebrated Pentecost, which really means 50, 50 days from Passover. But Christians, and especially Pentecostals, celebrate Pentecost because that was the day when the Holy Ghost fell on the early church Jesus said to 500 people on the mountain go and tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power only 120 showed up to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit And so I hope I have that 120 here in the house today are you here so on this Pentecost Sunday in this Pentecostal church I want to preach on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're going to read from the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verse 37 through verse 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture hath said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. After you accept Jesus Christ, After you have turned from a life of sin and unrighteousness, God has in store for you one of the most blessed experiences known to men. That experience is the baptism in the Holy Ghost, our Holy Spirit. They both mean the same thing and are are translated from the same Greek word, pneumas. If you are saved, the Holy Spirit has already played a very vital part in your life. For it was the Holy Spirit that bore witness to the truth of the gospel when you really heard it. It was the Holy Ghost that brought conviction upon you and revealed to you your guilt before God and your need for salvation. You'd heard the gospel before, but on this day, something made it seem as if it was spoken directly to you, and conviction overwhelmed you. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, you were justified by faith in Jesus Christ, who bore our sins to the cross and who extends to us his righteousness. He gives us the right and the authority and blessing of becoming sons and daughters of God. But it is the Holy Spirit that regenerates and imparts new life to the believer. Jesus said in John 3, 5, Most assuredly, I say to you, except one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So the Holy Spirit implants the nature and the life of Jesus Christ in the believer. The Holy Spirit sets the believer free from the law of sin and from the law of death. The Holy Spirit enables the believer to fulfill the righteousness of God and confirms in us the completed work of salvation. Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Romans 8 and 16 says, The spirit himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So that when you really got saved, you didn't need anybody to tell you you were saved. You just knew down in your heart by the witness of the Holy Ghost that the work of salvation had been performed in your life. But to know the working of the Spirit only in salvation and in regeneration is to know the Spirit only in a measure and not in its fullness. It was Ara A. Torre who said, a man may be regenerated by the Holy Spirit and still not be baptized with the Holy Spirit. For in regeneration there is an impartation of life and the one who receives it is saved. But in the baptism of the Holy Spirit there's an impartation of power. Somebody ought to say power. Power. And the one who receives it is fitted for service. And so Jesus said in John 14 and 16, I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Anybody ever need a helper in here? The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because... It neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so they knew the Holy Spirit. They were not filled with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit was with them and even in them in a measure, but not in the fullness. And I want to say to you today, the Spirit has been received and dispensed in varying measures and portions down through history. In Numbers 11 and 17, we read about the mosaic portion of the spirit. The Lord said to Moses, I'll come down and talk with you there. I'll take of the spirit that is upon you and will put it upon them that they may bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. And so, verse 25, the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders, and it happened when the Spirit rested upon them, they were they prophesied. And so the Spirit of God was placed upon Moses to perform his work and to do his task. But when 70 elders were called to share his responsibility, That measure of spirit that had been upon Moses was also placed upon the 70 elders that they might share his responsibility. They were given a measure of the spirit that had been upon him. And in 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 9, we read about the Elijah portion of the spirit. The Bible says, so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. What God has done for you, I want twice as much to be done for me because I've got a battle to fight and a work to do. And Elijah said to Elisha, you've asked a hard thing, verse 10. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken away from you, it shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. And God honored Elijah's word so that when he was caught away, he dropped the mantle on Elisha, and a double portion of his spirit came upon Elisha to do the work of the Lord. And Elisha measured. And John the Baptist received that Elisha portion of the spirit. Are you with me? In Luke 1:15, the Bible says, For he, John the Baptist, will be great in the sight of the Lord and will drink neither wine nor strong drink. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good advice. (laughs) He'll also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. In other words, in a measure of the spirit that Elijah went forth, John the Baptist will go forth to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. But then John the Baptist himself speaks regarding Jesus and says in John 3, 34, For he whom God hath sent speaks the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure, unto him. The Father loves the Son and hath given all things into his hand. In other words, when God came to Jesus, God threw away the measuring cup, the measuring spoon and just poured out the fullness of the Spirit into the life of Jesus Christ. I would not mind if God just poured out the Spirit on me as we worship him today. Uh, when that happened, Jesus could say in Luke four eighteen, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And Jesus could do all of these things because he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. How many of you want the spirit of the Lord to be on you? Even as we worship him, today. Jesus did these things because the spirit of the Lord was upon him. Listen to the word of God. Luke 4 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Luke 4 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Listen, if Jesus had to be filled with the Spirit, how much more do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Come on, clap your hands. You know I'm right. So throughout the Bible, the responsibility for the great works of the great men of God is attributed to the Spirit of God. He went out in the power of the Spirit. He did this by the might of the Spirit. He accomplished that because the Spirit of the Lord Was upon him. And so Jesus knew that his followers down through history would need the power of the Spirit to do the work of God in the earth. If we were to win men for Christ, it'll only be through the power of the Holy Ghost. God forbid that we go out in our own might, in our own strength. It will come to nothing, but when we go in the Spirit of God, not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And so the prophet Joel had already promised that the day would come when the Holy Ghost would be poured out rather than given in measures and in portions. Joel 2.28, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters Shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon my maidservants and my men servants will I pour out my spirit in those days. And then Jesus picks up the theme and clarifies the theme in the text verses John 7 and 37. Let me read it. On that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. If anybody thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Anybody thirsty in the house? He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so Jesus said, if you're thirsty, if you have a spiritual craving, if you have a passion for the fullness of the Spirit, Jesus said, come to me. Jesus is the one that you must go to. Completely surrender your life to Jesus. And then Jesus continued, come to me and drink. Not just come and hang around, come and partake of what I have to offer. It's there for you. All you need to do is just come and drink. Not ask for a drink. Come and drink. Not wait for a drink. Just come by faith and drink. Hallelujah. Wholeheartedly receive the fullness and the wholeness of the Spirit into your life. He who believes in me as the scripture hath said. This is why we need to know the Bible, so we'll know what the Bible says about Jesus, so we can believe the word about Jesus, not the way we want to believe, but as the Bible says. When you believe him like the Bible says. Hallelujah. As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Not only do you become a recipient, you become a source. And that means that the Holy Ghost is in you, flows out of you, is all around you like a river that can bless not only you, but everybody you come in contact with. God flowing us like a river, moving us like a river. Hallelujah. We need so much power flowing out of us that that power will be a river of life to those who are around us. But then verse 39 goes on to say, but this he spoke concerning about concerning the spirit look at your neighbor he was talking about the Spirit concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified thus when Jesus was glorified he arose from the dead when Jesus ascended back to the right hand of the Father in heaven glorified sitting down at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus Christ into the world once and for all. He needs now only to be received by faith. Don't have to wait for the Holy Ghost to make an interplanetary trip from heaven. The Holy Ghost is here right now because when Jesus was glorified he sent the Holy Ghost into the world. Tell two people the Holy Ghost is here right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can I briefly point out how baptism in the Holy Ghost is not the same thing as being born again? There are many scriptures that point this out, but let us refer to two of those scriptures. One is in Acts chapter 8 and verse 5. In Acts 8 and 5, Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to those Samaritans. They believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And because they believed, they consented to be baptized. Philip did not baptize unbelievers. There was an Ethiopian eunuch that Philip ministered to. When the Ethiopian eunuch said, I believe, here's water, let me be baptized, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. In other words, you got to be a believer In Jesus Christ before I will baptize you and so Philip baptized these men and these women also from Samaria they were saved but the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9 if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved they were saved but they were not yet baptized with the Holy Spirit and so in Acts 14 Acts 8 and 14 Now the Bible says, the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They were saved, but they had not received the Holy Spirit. For the Bible says in verse 16, for as yet he was fallen on none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. In Acts 19 and 1, it was the same. Paul went to Ephesus, found some disciples, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? And they said, we've never heard of the Holy Ghost. And apparently Paul noticed that there was something missing, something strange about their worship. And so he asked them, under what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism, in other words, They were not even disciples of Jesus. They were were disciples of John the Baptist. They were not saved. They were not yet Christians. But Paul said John baptized for repentance and saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Jesus Christ. He preached Christ. And the Bible says when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then only after they were saved, baptized, Paul laid hands on them, verse 6 and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied hallelujah, when Jesus ascended back to heaven he had told the disciples and the multitude go to Jerusalem and tarry there, 500 people heard Jesus on the mountain, 500 people saw him ascend back to heaven but only 120 actually went to the upper room and receive the power and receive the anointing of the Holy Ghost on their lives. I believe there's somebody in here who's made up their mind. If others don't go, I'm going to be there. I'm going to go. I'm going to receive my blessing. I'm going to get my miracle. Hallelujah. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is a definite experience that one can know that he has received. Would you say that after me, please? The baptism in the Holy Ghost is a definite experience that one can know that he has received. In Ephesus, Acts chapter 19, they spake with tongues and prophesied. In Caesarea, Acts 10, 46, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And of course, in Acts 2, 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so in the New Testament, speaking in tongues was a sign that one had been filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe that when the Holy Spirit is received like it was received on the day of Pentecost, that baptism will be accompanied by speaking with tongues. It'd be a different matter if God wasn't doing that anymore be a different thing if God was not baptizing anybody with the Holy Ghost anymore. It would be a different thing if God in his word said, this is just a temporary thing. I'm moving on to something else after a while. But how many of you know God is still doing it? How many of you know God is still coming into folks' lives, enabling them to speak in the language of the Spirit? What God does is good. Will you hear me? What God does is good. Does anybody know what he does is good? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If it was good then, it's good now. There's no reason to assume that God has changed because he says, I am the Lord and I change not. I want everything God is passing out. I want everything God has in store for me. Come on, tell your neighbor, I want everything that God is passing out. I want everything that God puts on the table. I want everything that's on the menu. I would not dare say to God, give me this, and don't give me that. I want to say to God, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. Any way you bless me, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the tongues are absent spiritual worship is sometimes absent when the tongues are absent miracles are absent when the tongues are absent spiritual gifts don't show up and don't manifest themselves when the tongues are absent then the power and the anointing seem to be absent but let me share something else Have you ever picked up a phone and had a a, a computer or a fax machine on the other end and you heard nothing but unintelligible beeps and sounds and pings that you could not understand? You could not understand it because only a computer can understand another computer. Only a fax can talk to another fax. But when the believer speaks in tongues, all the devil hears are beeps and pings. He can't get in on the conversation. That's a conversation between you and God. And Jude said, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. When you're praying the Holy Ghost, you're lifted. You're strengthened. When you're praying the Holy Ghost, the power of the Lord shows up in a special way. And so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus would never have said so much about the Holy Ghost if we did not need the Holy Ghost. He did not make receiving the Holy Ghost an optional matter. He commanded us to receive the Holy Ghost in John 20, 22, in Luke 24, 49. He said, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry until you're endued with power. Don't run one revival. Don't preach one sermon. Don't go to one away city on a missionary journey. Go to Jerusalem and tarry. Until you are endued with power from on high. Tell your neighbor you need the power to be endued. To be endued is to be clothed. And so Jesus said "God's going to clothe you with the Holy Spirit. To be unclothed is to be naked. But to be naked means at least you're born. You're alive. You're on the face of the earth, but you need to be clothed. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is your clothing. I've never seen a baby born in a tuxedo yet. Every baby born is born naked. You've got to clothe him. Jesus said you've been born again, but I want to give you the Holy Ghost. You'll be endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. Clothing protects you. Clothing enables you. When you've got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost protects you and enables you. Jesus said, when the helper comes, when the comforter comes, whom I'm going to send to you, the spirit of truth that proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Help me say praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost is needed because you need Power, power, Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria. Everybody raise up that hand and say power, power, power if you love God I said if you love God you will seek the baptism in the Holy Ghost when you really love somebody you want everything that they have to give you you want everything they provide for you and God loved us so much that he gave his son who died for us and if he loved me that much I love him I want everything he said I need I want everything he said I ought to have. If he commanded that I should receive the Holy Ghost, Lord, I want the Holy Ghost. I want everything you have to give me. I want it. I want to know you better and better. Paul said I might know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Do you want to know him? You know him through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you need it. I heard Jesus say, you abide in me and my word abide in you. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done. And he said, without me you can do nothing. I don't know how you feel about it, but I know I can't make it without the power. I can't live Without the power, I can't overcome the devil Without the Spirit of the Lord I heard Jesus say, I give you power To tread on serpents and on scorpions And over all the power of the enemy And Jesus said, you shall receive power After the Holy Ghost has come upon you Power to walk right power, to live right power, to overcome the enemy, lift up your hand and say, Lord, I need the power, fill me with the Holy Spirit, I need it, I need it, I need it, on the job, I need it, as I walk to and fro, I need the Holy Ghost to permeate my life. Come on, help me, praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise, him. praise him. There are four things that you need to know number one you need to know that Jesus is the baptizer tell your neighbor Jesus is the baptizer John the Baptist said that cometh one after me I'm not worthy to tie his shoes he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire Jesus shall baptize you Jesus said I sin I sin the promise of the father upon you I'm glad that Jesus is the baptizer because Jesus is the savior and he saved me just for the asking that means he won't play hard to get when I need the holy ghost just like Jesus saved you Jesus will baptize you he is the baptizer so you can praise him For what he said. You can praise him for what he is, but then you can also praise him for what he promised. Number two, the promise is definite. Tell your neighbor the promise is definite. Simon Peter said, The promise is unto you, and it's unto your children, and it's unto as many as the Lord our God shall call the promise. Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. So when you come before God, you don't have to beg. You don't have to wait. All you have to do is say, Lord, you promise. Raise your hand and say, Lord, you promise. Oh, Lord, all I need a promise I'll go with a promise I'll shout on a promise I'll believe on a promise because what God has promised he's able to perform if God said it it's on the way if God promised it it's going to happen Yes, yes yes hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, number three, number three, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Tell somebody the Holy Ghost is here right now. Hallelujah, Jesus being ascended to the right hand of God the Father has shed forth this that you see, this that you hear. Hallelujah, Jesus said to us if any man believe on me as the scripture have said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water but this he spake of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified but when he was glorified he sent the Holy Ghost into the world tell your neighbor when Jesus, was glorified. He sent the Holy Ghost into the world. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Here right now. Over now these eyes, in between these pews, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is here. Tell your neighbor he's here. Hallelujah. As close as the air As close as your breath, every time you move, you move the Holy Ghost. You don't have to wait for the Holy Ghost to come down. He's already down. Praise Him. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of the Lord in this room all around me all around me the Holy Ghost is here right now one more thing number four you receive the Holy Ghost by faith tell your neighbor neighbor you receive it by faith that we might receive the promise of the Father through faith Paul asked the question in the book of Galatians did you get it By the reading of the law Or by the hearing of faith Then he said you received it by faith Faith takes God's promise And steps out on that promise Faith receives God's word Steps out on God's word Faith does not wait Until the battle is over Faith shouts in the midst of the battle Faith does not wait until it gets the promise, but in the midst of the promise, faith says, thank you, Lord, for the promise. Praise you, Lord, for the promise. If you said it, it's on the way. If you said the Holy Ghost is mine, I receive it, I receive it, I accept it, I praise you, I praise you, I thank you. It's mine, if you said it's mine, It's mine, if he said I can have it, I've got it, tell somebody I've got it, by faith, come on and praise him. Hallelujah! So, go below the Nicosa, Chocoba Hassan, Araba, Hallelujah, glory to your name, he called us so, Chocoba Hassan, Ladabakosi, Chocoba Hassan, Hallelujah, he's here. Oh, yes, I've got to stop, but somebody would say, You folk are crazy. You've lost your mind. This does not make sense. Well, it didn't make sense. On the day of Pentecost, they accused them with being drunk. They said, These folk are drunk on new wine. Simon Peter had to step forth and say, We are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that that Joel talked about in the last days. Saith the Lord, I'll pour out of my spirit On all flesh, tell your neighbor we are not drunk, we are not crazy. This is just the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, crazy. Come on, crazy. Hallelujah. Fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me. Bless me. Overwhelm me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you one more thing. The Holy Ghost shows up in the midst of the praises of the saints. Tell somebody the Holy Ghost shows up in the midst of our praise. The Lord inhabits the praises of of his people said again the Lord inhabits the praises of his people when you praise him God shows up when you praise him the Holy Ghost begins to move when you praise him God does the work and performs the miracle Praise praise him praise him praise him praise him can have it right now if you're hungry if you're thirsty you shall be filled the effectual fervor prayer of a righteous man availeth much you shall seek for me and find me when you search with all your heart open up your heart now receive it in jesus name Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for what you're going to give. Thank you for the promise you've made. I receive it in Jesus' name. I thank you for it. I praise you. I walk in faith. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray for somebody today. I want to pray for somebody who's not saved. I want to pray for somebody who does not know the Lord. Whose sins are not forgiven. You've heard of what God has in store for you. You've heard how God wants to be close to you. Wants to take charge of your life. Your life is not meant to be in futile journey. In a barren wasteland. Your life is meant to be a blessed life. A full life. God means to make you a river flowing out and blessing those who are around you. I want to pray for somebody who wants to be what God wants them to be. Somebody who wants their sins forgiven, wants their life changed. I'll pray for you right where you stand. I need to know that you desire prayer. If you would say preacher, I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven. I want the power of God to be at work in my life. If that's true, while every head is bowed, I want you just to lift your hand as your way of saying, preacher, pray for me. I want to know Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want the power of God. Tired of hearing about him and reading about him and never experiencing him. I want to experience God in my life. I see those hands in the balcony. If that's you, just lift that hand, preacher, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to the Lord. I did not know. All this was available to me. I I want the power. I want God's reality to be present. Lift that hand, please, if that's you. I'm about to pray. I'm about to pray. I'm about to pray. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. You shall be saved today in the name of Jesus. If you confess your sins and your faults before the Lord, the Lord will forgive you and cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Lift that hand. One more chance. One more chance. Lift that hand. Don't miss this opportunity. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand, for every person in this room that has said, pray for me. Dear Lord, come into their lives. Let them never, ever again be the same. Fulfill your promise in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you've drawn them and you've blessed them to live to this day. Have this opportunity to accept you. Come into their hearts make them over again everybody say this prayer after me dear lord i'm sorry for my sin please forgive me for the wrong i've done and the wrong i have been i want to be saved i believe that jesus is the son of god i believe he died for me i believe he arose from the dead i accept jesus christ as my lord and my savior And I give my life to him. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I am saved. I am forgiven. I have new life. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah.